Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Forum, the podcast bringing you all the news headlines and analysis from around the world of sports. My name is Michael Murray. Today is December 3rd, and I am joined always by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Ethan Looper. And we're back. We took we took last week off, as expected, and we hope everyone enjoyed the holiday yeah, with their family. Yep. Um, very much so. Uh, so obviously... Nothing last week, but we're back. Um, we got a couple things to get into, and we're gonna and we're gonna change it up. We've gotten a little stagnant, you know, we've kind of settled into a little bit of a rhythm. We're gonna flip things around. Normally, we start with whatever's going on in the NBA or whatever else is happening in the news, but we're gonna flip that. We're gonna start with our picks. We're gonna get right into our NFL picks for Week 13. Then we'll get on. Then we'll get into some other stuff later on in the week or later on in the episode, a um, couple of trades that were made in the NBA, stuff like that. But for right now, we're all about the NFL, we're all about the picks, so let's get right into it. But before we get into the actual picks, Ethan, I don't know about you, but it's week 13. I gotta be honest, when you know when, when it was getting close to you know the start of the NFL season, I wasn't necessarily that optimistic we were going to get this far. Yeah, I think uh, overall... The league's done a, a great job with maintaining the protocols, keeping the scheduling in order. I mean, for the for the NFL, and I don't give them credit a lot. There are a lot of situations I think the league is mishandled. Very much Deflate agree with Gate, that. Especially under Goodell, Deflategate, you know, the situation with Ezekiel Elliott. You know, some people criticize the way they handle Ray Rice. You know, all kinds of different situations that I think the league is in a poor job of over the last few years. But with COVID, I think they've done a fantastic job. Um, I think the penalties they've levied on teams breaking protocols has been completely fair. Um, they've done everything in their power to keep to uh, keep the schedule operating normally as it should. You know, um, when the COVID outbreak happened with Tennessee early in the season and they had to cancel the, the game with Tennessee and Pittsburgh. A lot of people thought that would derail the season. They did a great job moving stuff around, kept that on track um, with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Um, there was a lot of stuff up in the air, but they were able to get that game off within, you know, on Wednesday it was a little unusual, but they didn't have to, you know, add a week 18 because that's what's so important with football it's difficult to move the schedule around because it's such a rhythmic game you know you have that one game coming up a week you know you have those certain practice days that are like all right today we're working on our offensive individuals today we're working on our you know our individuals on defense you know today we're running team o team D. you know you have your certain you know, your walkthrough routine, which days you're popping with pads, which days you're in short, you know, different different things that you fall into with the routine with football that you have to have that one game a week. And if you disrupt that schedule, it would have thrown everything off. So the league has done a fantastic job, credit to the NFL, for keeping that 17-week schedule, um, levying proper penalties on teams that, broke the uh, protocols and um, really managing the outbreaks, you know, good testing systems uh, to keep everyone on track and on the field. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and you're definitely right. You know, the NFL has done a lot wrong in recent years with certain situations, like you mentioned. Um, 
But they've done a good job here, and, and it's just sort of amazing to me because, you know, not to get too deep and you know, not not to go off on too big of a of, of a of a COVID tangent, but you know, when you think about the way that it this spreads, you know, when you think about how football is played, you got a bunch of guys going right at each other at full speeds and sweating and all this other stuff. You would think that would be way more susceptible to you know mass outbreaks and large spreadings, and you know. Yes, you know, yes, you know, we, you know, we hear every week, you know, about, you know, a certain player that might, that, that gets it on one team or, you know, a coach that gets it on another. But outside of the Ravens and the Titans, there haven't really been any, you know, there haven't really been too many, like, large outbreaks amongst the team. And, you know, that, that's another story. We'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's, it's it's good to see, and obviously, you know, it's great to have football on every Sunday. And I also agree with you that, um, you know, the way that they've handled the scheduling is has been great, and you know, it it, it it's just been great to see because you know, I I like you know, I had ne- I I just had bad thoughts going into this that we were gonna have to see like a you know a consistent Wednesday game because teams are getting shut down, et cetera, et cetera. And even in the case with the San Francisco 49ers, who you know didn't have an outbreak on the team, but the city of Santa Clara in California was shut down. They, 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 they canceled, the government canceled like all, you know, sports related activities or something along those lines. They're, they're playing in Arizona now. Right, exactly. And and they came up with that solution. So it's been a really good job by the NFL. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily make up for all of Roger Goodell's other sins, but it's, it, it's a good look. Um, so good for the NFL. So let's get into week 13. Um, Jumping right into the slate here. Just pull it up on my computer. All right, here we go. Starting with 1 o'clock, we have the New Orleans Saints, the 9-2 and two New Orleans Saints, who are headed by quarterback Taysom Hill. On top of the NFC right now. On top of the cool. NFC. They're 9-2. and two, They're red hot. They're going to the Mercedes-Benz... I was going to say the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. They're going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium to play the Atlanta Falcons, who are 4-7. and seven. But playing a little a teeny bit better as of late. Um, the Raiders out. Exactly. So um, Saints, Falcons, Taysom Hill's still in at quarterback. You know, we look like idiots because we were so excited to see Jameis Winston play for the Saints. You know, the week before. I did not see Taysom coming. I, neither did I. But I didn't think it was a smart move by Sean Payton initially. And hey, they're uh, they're playing pretty well lately, huh? Um. I didn't think uh, I didn't think moving Taysom in was going to be the right decision. I definitely thought Jameis, more proven track record as an NFL quarterback, a little inconsistent, yes, a little bit of a gunslinger, uh, but he's still a guy that gives your team a chance to win games, can put some sport, uh, points in the scoreboard. So definitely, them going with Taysom was a, a strange move to me initially, and uh, I, they're two zero, right? Two zero with Taysom starting and can't ask for much more than that so he's done a great job great credit to him um i was very verbal about not liking his uh his contract when when the saints signed him because uh it just added up to to an incredible amount per for actual times he touches the ball during you know his, his time so far with the saints but him being able to step in and take the starting qb role and, uh, and and be able to win games is really impressive. And credit to him, credit to Sean Payton. Um, they've done a great job. 
Yeah, and really credit to Sean Payton because, it, you know, a, a, most of the stuff that I've read about the, the whole decision to play Hill was that it was kind of like a Sean Payton against the world type decision. Not a lot of people in his circle um, agreed with that move, but he didn't care, and he, he, and he stuck with his guns. And yeah, he's been a big believer in Taysom Hill. If you look at if you look at the moves the Saints have made um, to to make sure he was on the roster, um, and then to to lock him up again with that contract, it just it speaks volumes about how they really feel about him, or how at least Sean Payton feels about him. Absolutely, um, and 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 like you said earlier, two and zero is two and zero. Doesn't really matter how you get there. Two and zero is two and zero. They're nine and two. Um, and yeah, they're they're playing really well, but the Falcons are playing pretty well too, as we said. You know, they blew out um, Oakland or Oakland, Las Vegas, uh, last week. Raiders yeah. did not look good whatsoever. Um, this is the divisional game. You know, Saints are minus three on the road. Um, you know, I mean, obviously based off record, you want to just take New Orleans, but divisional games are a whole different animal. Um, but I, but I am going to take the Saints here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch the spread. I think this is, I, I think this has, you know, game-winning field goal written all over it, type of game. Um, but I'm going to take the Saints here. Um, I like, you know, I, I, I like the way that 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 Hill is running that offense. It's obviously not as efficient um, as it was with Breeze. I, I know like Alvin Kamara has really suffered in terms of touches um, because Hill now adds that that running threat, and they like. And they like to use him in that situation. Um, but the Saints are hot, and I think they're going to stay hot, and they're going to win this game. Going to be a close one, but I think, but I, th- I, excuse me, I think they they pull this one out in Atlanta. Well, yeah, and and just something I want to add there is is a lot of people have been correlating the return of of Taysom Hill with Alvin Kamara getting a lot less touches. How about the return of Michael Thomas? You know, he's a definite factor in that offense. People are saying, you know, Kamara is is receiving so many less touches, especially in the air. He's getting a lot less receptions. Um, and and not only is Taysom Hill a factor in that, but Michael Thomas coming back to that offense is also a factor in that. Absolutely. Um, so used to Kamara being the real alpha, the playmaker. But, you know, they were pretty quick to forget about Michael Thomas. And a guy who set the NFL record last year for, you know, passes caught in a season that's pretty significant um so i'm definitely looking for him to make a big impact down the stretch Taysom hill loves to to throw to michael thomas too um and in the first atlanta game that they played two weeks ago the, the announcers were talking about um like they were asking Taysom hill if there were any under the radar like practice squad guys or, or guys lower on the depth chart that um, Taysom had grown accustomed to uh, throwing with and, and gotten a, a bit of a chemistry uh, with, and he was like, "No, I just throw to thirteen. I like throwing to Michael Thomas." Like, yep. Um, but and, yeah, you know that you make a great Michael point about. Cheating. Yeah, you you make a good point, you know, about his return affecting Kamara, and you know, especially in the receiving game, because you know a lot of people. I mean, I'm I'm sure most people realize this by now, but you know, when Kamara's having his great games. He's really making most of his damage in the the passing game. I mean, he he puts up wide receiver numbers, you know, yeah, I mean, on a, on a just weekly think about basis. The Green Bay game when he scored on the screen, 
uh, that was absolutely backbreaking from uh, an in-game, you know, a real-life game standpoint and from a fantasy standpoint. Right, yeah. For, you know, fantasy purposes, it's it, it, it's unreal. Because I, I remember, not last year, or maybe it was last year, it was, last year or two years ago, I had him on one of my teams, and, you know, the numbers were just incredible. Um, because, you know, because he, 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 because normally he finds a way to still rush for seventy yards and a touchdown, but then he's going to add ten catches and you know close to a hundred yards because you know if you watch Breeze every time he drops back he looks he scans doesn't have anything okay where's Kamara there you go that's essentially his progression. Which um, is, I mean that's it's it reminds me a lot of uh, how Eli used Saquon when Saquon was a rookie. Um, Eli wasn't very mobile, just like Drew is now. The arm strength was, was kind exactly. of fading yeah. away. So instead of, you know, dropping back and say, fuck it, Odell's down there somewhere and making some of those, you know, gunslinger throws he would have early in his career, definitely using the, the explosive playmaker out of the backfield as, as a check down. Um, that, exactly. that is a major aspect for veteran quarterbacks. Absolutely. So are the Saints the pick? Yep, the Saints are the pick. I would take the spread, too. Um, I just think they've been playing that well, um, especially the defense. Shut down Tampa Bay. Obviously shut down Denver without a quarterback, which doesn't say much. But they've been playing well. They just beat this team two weeks ago, and I only see them playing better than last time. All right, so we're on the Saints there. Next game here on the schedule, the... Six and five Las Vegas Raiders are going across the country here to play the 0 and 11 New York Football Jets. Now, from a betting perspective, this is kind of interesting because the Raiders are minus eight and a half on the road. Now, I know the Jets are 0 and 11, but the Raiders didn't impress anybody last week. They got their doors blown off by the Falcons, as we just said. They they did not look good whatsoever. Derek Carr did not look good. Um, defense obviously got blown away. So. This is interesting. I, I mean, I, I, I see the Raiders, you know, bouncing back, winning this game. You know, I, you know, it's hard to have faith in the Jets, but I feel like the Jets can keep it close. You know, I, I see no. I mean, if you know, if if the Raiders are playing anybody else this week except the Jets, there's no way they're eight and a half point favorites. Um, so I'm gonna take the Raiders straight up, but if, but if you're a man that you know that 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 really enjoys betting his spreads. I would not be afraid to maybe put a few bucks here on on the Jets to cover because that like that's a big spread. It is a big spread. Um, I I don't happen to to agree. I don't know if I'd necessarily take that spread. It's just the nine point eight and a half points. It's just not really worth it. There's no value there. I see, but I think the Raiders come in and blow the doors off the Jets. Because they gave Kansas City a close one down to the wire two weeks ago, beat Kansas City the first time they played them. So you know this was you know scratching clawing. Kansas City doesn't want to get swept, right? Um, so they're absolutely clawing for their lives. Close game all the way down to the last second with the big uh, play to Travis Kelsey. So Atlanta was a little bit of a trap game, I think. Um, they just came off. Uh, tough tough one against one of the best teams in the league and then you hit one where um you know yeah you, just, you, come team a that, you sure. know it doesn't worry you much coming in but they can come up on you quick and they did they really yeah. did 
That's a um, yeah. That's a very I, I way of putting it. I don't see the Jets it, yeah. as the same caliber of team. Um, I think the Raiders are safe enough in the ground game uh, to avoid uh, an upset to a team like the Jets. And I see uh, the some of the Raiders' talented receivers, especially Henry Ruggs, just being a problem for the Jets in the secondary. Um, so for those reasons, I'm definitely taking the Raiders. Um, I wouldn't touch the spread, but if you gun to my head, I would definitely take uh, the eight and a half points for the Raiders. Yeah, you know, it, it, and, and 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 I am in no way saying that the Jets are going to win this game outright. I I don't think that's going to happen whatsoever for the, all the reasons um, that you said, and for also probably because you know John Gruden's probably tossing some chairs around the locker room and you know re- really going to get them going this week. You know, after what happened last week, but I don't know. I mean, you know. We've seen Derek Carr when he's sloppy, and I don't know if if that carries over from last week. You know, I I feel like the Jets can can just manage to keep this close, maybe keep it low scoring, because Josh Jacobs has not produced that much on the ground in the last couple of weeks. Um, so you know, if they're able to do that, maybe it happens. But all in all, Raiders outright, no question. Um, but that that's a game I'm gonna keep my eye on in terms of the spread, because I'm interested to see what happens there. All right, moving on now, 1 o'clock slate. We got another divisional matchup. A lot, lot of divisional matchups this week. We got the Lions going to the Bears. The Lions are firing everybody. Fired Patricia, got rid of their general manager. They got rid of a couple other front office positions. They're cleaning house. Um, Last week... And uh, Kelly Stafford apparently seems pretty tired of, uh, of living in Michigan. So. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. We know what happens when the wife wants to move. Yep. You move. So so Matt all right. Okay, so so Matt Stafford might be out, but that's but that's a story for down the road. The Lions of course got their pardon my French got their dicks kicked in on Thanksgiving by the Houston Texans. By the Houston Texans. Well Will Fuller was on PED, so He was, yes he was, and that has been proven, but still it was a very bad loss. Yeah, um, was, uh, you just can't you can't go down like that. If but you're on Thanksgiving, it's okay. yeah. But on the other side of you know, people are already pissed off enough. They have to watch the Lions at noon every Thanksgiving. This didn't help that case. Um, but as a light of the end of the tunnel, they're going to play the Chicago Bears, who have lost five straight games. Um, Mitch Trubisky is back at the helm. Told you. Um, you did yes, you did say that. I I remember that. You said when when Foles was the, announced the starter, that Mitch Trubisky would be back. I'll I'll give you a point for that. So yeah, Trubisky's back at the helm. I don't I I, I don't even want to pick this game because I really you know these these teams are both just toxic waste buckets. Exactly. Right? I, I I don't I don't know. I I I really don't know what to do here. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, defer to this. Detroit, first of all, is on the road. It, the game's in Chicago. At Soldier and Detroit's Field. also pretty banged up. Like, there's a lot of guys that are. That's exactly what I was getting yeah. to. Like, their playmate, DeAndre Swift, missed a few games. And, you know, we're not sure if he'll be back yet. You know, Kenny Galladay yeah, has that, played. Yeah, Galladay's banged up. You know, uh, Hawkinson right now is, like, pretty much the best playmaker in the lineup. They've got Marvin Jones, I guess. Amendola's been hurt. Um, Marvin Hall's been hurt. Uh, a lot of starters along the offensive line have been banged up. And against Chicago, 
that is not something you can afford because that defense is still dangerous. So it I'm definitely going to take Chicago at home I against agree. a banged-up Detroit team that just had a fire sale in the front office. Yep, I totally agree. Um, the injuries, I, I do think DeAndre Swift is going to play, but still, you know, Hawkinson, we don't know. Galladay, we don't go. We don't know, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, DeAndre, and DeAndre Swift is not enough to convince me that the Lions will win this game. Plus that that Bears defense, you know, with you know Khalil Mack and those guys rushing Stafford, who was also hurt a little bit. You know, he's got a banged up thumb. You know, I mean, it didn't really yeah, affect him on Thanksgiving, thumb, but you know, even he through it for a couple weeks. Right. Now, but it's it's been bothering. Him. Right. So you know, e- you know, even your quarterback's not a hundred percent. So I I will definitely take the Bears in this one. Bears are minus three. I mean, if you're that confident in the Bears, which I am not, I'd I, probably take that. I, I would throw that. I would I would be bold enough. To I'd take probably that. take that, but you know, of course, this is the one I take Detroit a lot. I have a lot of faith in the Lions, and I don't know why. It is a divisional um, game, and you know, divisional games are are a coin flip. You know, it know. especially especially a divisional game like this when you have two teams that are just absolutely stumbling. Yeah. With you know, chickens with their heads cut off. Um. All right, so that's the Lions-Bears game. Next game, we got uh, the Jaguars going to the Vikings. I really don't think there's any dispute here. Mike Glennon, uh, the journeyman, is back at the helm for, for the Jaguars, but I think this is all Vikes. Yep, Kirk Cousins, um, I just got to talk about him. He's been playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league over the last five games. Um like take no credit away from Kirk, he gets slandered a lot about you know for his work and prime time and for you know not having a strong arm or and the big and you know and just having you know the he gets from the Vikings how right exactly it. but he's been playing at an elite level and you know Justin Jefferson's been out there on Twitter really quick to praise him uh, he's been doing a great job but I think they definitely blow the doors off the Jags um, Dalvin Cook. Get him running around on that defense. Get Justin Jefferson leaking out there. I don't know if Thielen's going to play, but if he does, that only probably adds seven points to the Jags' deficit. Um, I think it's an ugly one. Um, yeah, Vikings all the way. Yep, I totally agree. Um, and I also agree with what you've been saying about Cousins. I mean, look where this Vikings team was after the first four weeks of the season. I mean, they were they were dead. They you know they had no you know. They just, they, they no looked horrible, they done, yeah. and you know here they are now five and six, and thanks to the Bears collapsing, they're, they're right back in this thing in terms of a wild card spot. Yeah. Um. So you know, tons of credit to Kirk Cousins. I mean, obviously Dalvin Cook being the leading rusher, of course, doesn't hurt either. Um. And you know, guys like Justin Jefferson have stepped up in a huge way in that offense. So um, have the uh, the safeties have done a great yep. great job this season because they had to completely rebuild the cornerback position they've got a lot of young guys in there like uh, uh mike hughes and uh kid they just drafted um out of tcu uh the corner uh gladney yep thank you um I can, so they've I, I been relying a lot on uh harrison smith and uh Anthony Harris, who they franchise tagged, to protect those young guys, and I think they've been doing a fantastic job. So, uh, Kirk Cousins on one end, and the Vikings safeties on the other end, have yeah. definitely been propelling that team. Um, so they're they're just they're actually 
quietly a very hot team right now. Um, and with the Jags team. Lost to the Cowboys, though. Well, it did lose to the Cowboys, yeah. Damn right they did. Happened still, yeah. I don't, I don't either. Anyway. Um, uh, Vikings by a million. That's moving on in the slate. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are going on the road to play the Houston Texans. Uh, the Texans, as we said, uh, beat the Lions to a pulp on Thanksgiving. The Colts got beaten to a pulp by the Titans on Sunday. Colts are seven and four. Texans are four and seven. Colts are minus three and a half. I don't know what to make of these Colts. They're a little bit inconsistent. They sure. certainly are. Um, because the you know, defense, I mean, you know, defense usually holds up its end of the bargain. It's a very was, good defense, especially in the front seven. They're very strong. It was not on display on Sunday though. Forty-five points to no. uh, to Tennessee. I mean, to Derek Henry will run on anyone. I mean, very true. This is very true. Um, I'm going to take the Colts. Uh, yeah. You know, the Texans. The, the, you know, the Texans look good, but you know they're playing the Lions, and you know you would think that you know you 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 think they can maybe take a win like that and ride some momentum into the next game, but I don't see the Texans doing that. It's well, especially with the news about Will Fuller uh, okay. being suspended. Yep. Suspended. Um, who's probably their, I mean, definitely their number one receiver this year and probably their their hottest playmaker on offense, for sure. I mean, if it's not Deshaun Watson, who's also been playing out of his mind, Will Fuller was... Yep, you're absolutely right. I feel like the Texans used to have another stud-wide receiver on their team, but... I don't know where he went. I I don't either. He he must have went somewhere else. But anyway... um, yeah, but uh, so losing Will Fuller and, uh, you know, Sean Watson's been playing really well, but he hasn't been playing against this Colts defense. Obviously, you already talked about it very good. And uh, the Texans have not been able to stop anybody on the ground this season. Uh, the Colts obviously have that great offensive line and those three running backs that they love to use. Um, so I'm looking for the Colts to run absolutely bonkers on Tennessee or excuse me on uh, the Texans yes yeah I totally agree Uh, I take the Colts take the spread and move on moving on now next game this is easily the best game of the one o'clock window on Sunday the Cleveland Browns are eight and three and they're going to the Tennessee Titans who are also eight and three this game if you're a fan of the run game then you need to watch no other game but this one because these are like, two of the yeah, you like these play are action too. yep these are the two of the best running backs in the league who are playing out of three, their collect three of the best if you count Hunt yes excuse me Kareem Hunt and all three of them are playing out of their collective minds right now um, so this is going to be an old I, I, this for me has just old school pound and ground football written all over it. Um, the over-under is 53-and-a-half. I might be inclined to take the under just because I know for a fact the Browns have been playing in a lot of low-scoring games as of late. Now, I know some of that's been because of the weather. They've had some shitty weather. Um, in, I, I know there was in the game against Oakland it was bad. or I keep saying Oakland. In, in, in The Raiders, in the game against the Raiders, it was bad. And there was another game recently where it was really rainy and windy. 
Um, so I know that's kind of attributed to you know the right you know the the the, the elevation of the run game. Um, but still, I, I think this is a game obviously dominated by the running backs. Um, I mean, don't I, don't forget who else is playing out of his mind right now, and that's AJ Brown. I mean, yep. he's got what, like three touchdowns over the last two games. Also true. One nuts too. Uh, so especially with his ability to run after the catch, um, really really good compliment for that offense off the play action with Derrick Henry. Um, I guess also you could you could also toss Jarvis Landry in that category because he played really well last week and he's really stepped up ever since Odell got hurt. Um, but for me, the, for me, this game just comes down to whoever can, you know, not not stop the run, but just contain the run enough. Um, and for me, that's going to be the Titans. I'm going to take the Titans at home. Um, they're minus five and a half. I would not take that. Um, I think there's going to be very close. And like I said, a close game, low-scoring game. So give me the Titans. Um, Titans outright, no spread. I completely agree with that. My pick would be the same. Um, I just think Henry and A.J. Brown on that side of the offense just gives uh, Tennessee Tennessee just a little bit of an edge in terms of who's got the X-factor best playmakers in the game. Um, I think you're looking at Derek Brown, or excuse me, Derek Henry and A.J. Brown. Um, so, yeah, give me the Titans. I also wouldn't take the spread. Um, I'm not touching that over-under because I could see this turning into a ground-based shootout uh, real quick. Um, it could. It very yeah, much I could. I mean, I could see Henry going one way, Chubb going one way. Right. Get Brown on an end-around, then Hunt the other way. Like, I could just... I, I, it I don't could. trust that over-under. This could, they could actually throw a lot of points up there. And the Browns, you never know... Uh, I always think of them with the trick plays. I, you know, I just feel like there are random weeks that they just throw up a ton of points because um, they hit some end around or, you know. Some, right. No, you're, you're exactly right. I, I totally agree. Um, um, yeah, so I'm taking the Titans, but I'm not taking any of the props. Um, yeah. Under, I, think that's the, I think that's definitely the safest pick. Um all right, last game here in the 1 o'clock window. We have the Cincinnati Bengals going to the Miami Dolphins. Um, obviously no Joe Burrow, and that just sucks. You know, it just it it's just the absolute worst uh, to see that happen. To see that happen in general is horrendous, and just to see it happen to a guy like Joe Burrow um, just amplifies it even more. Just it, literally the worst thing you could possibly ask for. Um, so Bengals are going to the Dolphins, and, uh, you know, because of that now, I, I I think the Dolphins are pretty much the pick here. Yep. Still red hot. Uh, we talk about Miami every week. They're still playing Certainly well. are. Um, still chugging along. Cincinnati, they look like maybe worse than the Jets right now. It's a debate. Um. Now here's my question about Cincinnati because I, I I saw this you know after the Burrow injury, um, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but it, it's an interesting question. So you're not you're you you have the Bengals who, you know, no shot whatsoever, of, you know, of a playoff spot this year or anything like that. But you know Burrow's hurt, and you know the severity of his injuries, 
you know, have really, you know, not put next year in terms of him playing in jeopardy, but most people are saying that, you know, he's, there's a good chance he's not 100% at all next season. So if you're Cincinnati, you're sitting at 2-8-1, and one, and you're you're looking pretty good in terms of a, of a, of a top pick. Do you take another quarterback? Here'd be my stance on it. Um, after spending the number one pick on Joe Burrow, after seeing the things Joe Burrow has done, you know, I don't want to be the NFL's version of Ohio State um, to kind of see a better option down the pipeline and kind of cast Joe to the side and then light that fire under him that then he's going to come back and better than ever because that's how Joe Burrow is. He's just such a fucking competitor. Um, You're exactly right. He's going to come back, and he is going to give the league hell. So if I'm the Bengals, I am leaving that quarterback position as TBD. Maybe I'll sign a, I don't know, maybe Jacoby Brissett comes on the market next year, and you have a guy that can hold it over, or, or maybe Tyrod Taylor. You know, one of those types of guys that will hold you over. Should Joe not be able to play, there'll be a competent starter maybe be able to win you some games but you're probably going to be headed towards a top 10 pick again so you can get uh you know your your top top three pick this year another probably top 10 pick next year and then look to having joe if he really isn't 100 obviously if joe burrow can be on the field that is the first option you want him out there but um i would look at surrounding him on the offense and building up the defense more so that he'll come back into a competitive or more competitive situation where he can start to win those games. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, it, it it is an interesting question, but, you know, even if you're the Bengals and you were to take another quarterback in, you know, in the top of this year's draft and, and, and came out and said, you know, this is just, you know, a safety valve or whatever, as a you know, a, you know, he's simply just like a, a, a just in case, you know. You say that, but you know, they would still obviously, you know, be eyeing him. And you know, if he were to show signs, you know, that he's ready to play, and he goes in, whatever, then the same thing happens to Burrow. He gets set aside, and then he comes back, etc. So that's why I don't like this. I think you know, you take this top three pick, and you get an offensive lineman. Oh you, yeah, I mean, he Joe Burrow's just been under fire all season. Right. I've been saying it's it's a little irresponsible what they've been doing. Uh, you know, he's constantly not only been one of the most pressured, hit, and sacked quarterbacks in terms of both total, uh, you know, aggregate amounts and by percentage of dropbacks, but he's also been one of the quarterbacks who, up to the point he got hurt, I think he had the most pass attempts in the league. So not only are you unable to protect your young quarterback you're now also putting him in a lot of situations where he's dropping back into a pocket that's completely unstable. He can't trust his protection. And, you know, we saw the end result of that. Right. Um, um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely think that you take yeah. the offensive lineman. Um, and will probably be sitting there on just a silver platter for him. Exactly. You know, because, you know, it, it it's all part of the process. Okay, first we go out and we get the quarterback. Now we protect the quarterback, and it goes from there. Um, and, yes, I also think that, if you know, if they were to do what you said, you know, go get a guy like a Jacoby Brissett or, you know, a backup that you, you know, 
a backup that you know that if you know if he has to come in the ball game, um, is not gonna you know be incompetent. Like knows yeah. right exactly he knows what he's doing and you know keeps you in the game. And I also think if you're the Bengals, you know if you know, obviously I I I'm pretty sure Burrow is gonna be ready to go at the start of next season, if not very soon into the season. So if you play him and the season's going along and you're you know you're heading towards another you know. You know, last place finish. You know, there's no hope of maybe sneaking in a wild card spot, or whatever. I think you have to. S- I I would sit him if I were that. Um, I yeah, I, I don't think you can do that to a young quarterback. Um, especially with a guy in his second year like Burrow getting acclimated to the league. Those reps are important, even though you're maybe not a winning team. Um, I don't think you. Well, can actually, play. That, I I think that's akin to playing scared. Um, well, actually, I. Before you go on, I should have prefaced it by saying, if he's playing next year and it's very evident that he's playing at less than a hundred percent health, then that might be more oh, inclination see, well, to sit uh, him. I, I sorry, I, I should have prefaced have, with that. But yeah, I actually have the view. I would be of the opinion that if he wasn't at a hundred percent, don't let him touch that field. Don't play him at all. Yeah. See, I yeah, unless he's a hundred percent, because it's it is not worth risking the career of this guy and risking i mean he's also the future of your franchise if you're the Bengals. of so course you cannot afford to fuck this up you know right you have to be sure he's ready to go and even if he you know the roster isn't going to be go from you know a top three draft pick to probably likely even a playoff contender next year so you're not rushing him back so maybe he can drag you to six and ten instead of four and twelve you're dragging him back you know because a either you're confident that he is a hundred percent and will have no like problems going forward and you're confident that he's recovered or you need you're pushing for the playoffs and you need him in in my opinion i'd say not even then should you bring him in if he's not a hundred percent yeah i I agree with that, and you know, I, but at the same time, you know, we've mentioned, you know, how much of a competitor Joe Burrow is. So would he be open to that? But then again, that would that would of course then have to come down to the coaching oh, staff. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ended up with you know Joe being the one clamoring to come back, and you know the professionals in the situation being like you know taking yeah, it easy. Well, yeah. You know, you, you still have some you know way to go. He is he's that type of. Just you know, he just wants to be out there. Really wants to be, you know, helping his team win games. He's just that type of a guy, really. Yeah. Um, so obviously, it's just something to keep going, uh, keep you know tabs on going forward. Um, and obviously, nothing but the best to Joe Burrow in a speedy recovery. All right, moving on now. Let's get into the Miami four. Cl- that was the, the original. Yes, and yes, and Miami is the pick. Um, so moving on now, four o'clock slate. Uh, four games in this window, starting with, oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Starting with the first place New York Giants. It's been so long. It feels like it's the been first so long. Place, the first place Giants <laughs> going to the Seattle Seahawks. Not a good welcoming game. At, you know, you know, you're riding high. You're in first place. Now you got to go to Seattle. Um, for a yeah, tough matchup a, with the Seahawks. That's a, that's a tough away matchup. Um, the Seattle 
defense, which has been historically awful this year, has been playing a little bit better of late. It has. They've, they've been improving. Um, you know, only 17 let up against, you know, the Eagles. But, you know, it's still, it's still a good um, confidence builder. Um, and now they're playing a Giants team that is currently without a quarterback. It, I don't think it looks like Daniel Jones is going to suit up this week. Um, he's got that hamstring injury he got last week against the Bengals. Um, so I think we're going to see a Daniel Jones-less Giants team. Who steps in there? Um, right now, they, they've got a couple guys. They haven't announced the starter yet. Um, okay. They're, 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 they've got a couple guys in competition. Um, they're trying to work it out right now. Um, I, I'm hoping, I think, I think the, uh, the consensus is that Jones will probably be back for week 14. Or mm-hmm. at least that's what they're really hoping. Um, you know, with or without Daniel Jones, I def I probably pick Seattle. Um, but I feel like this is a lock without, you know, Daniel Jones. Um, the Giants' defense has been playing very, very well to their credit, but I don't see who on that team would have a prayer of stopping DK Metcalf. Um, you know, Darius Slay couldn't do it. Brad Bradbury, you know, he's been playing out of his mind, but DK Metcalf is such a fucking freight train right now. He's just on another level. Good luck stopping him. I, I hope. Uh, James Bradbury managed to stop him. I really hope the Giants pull this one out. I don't think it's our week, though. Yep, I'm, I'm going to take the Seahawks as well. Um, if Daniel Jones was playing, you know, the Seahawks are minus 10. If the Seahawks, or if Daniel Jones was playing, I'd be tempted to take the Giants getting 10 points. Well, the spread would never be that high. Because I do think, because I do think the Giants could cover 10 um, I also agree, though, with what you said. I, I think it would. I, I don't know how much it'd get bumped down, though. I feel like I mean, it, they they probably be touchdown favorites. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. I think I think it'd go down to seven, maybe seven and a half. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take the Seahawks. Um, like like you said, that defense has been playing a little better. They got a little confidence booster this week playing Philly. Um, so yeah, I'll take the Seahawks. And like you said, I, I don't know who can stop DK Metcalf right now. All right, next game. Uh, staying in the NFC West, we have the Saint. Or Saint why am I obsessed with teams' former cities tonight? Yeah, mm. it's. Uh, I, I I've I've been doing it a lot, especially with the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. The, 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 the Raiders. I think that's been compl- so hard to drill into my head. Yeah, the the the, the Raiders is, is the, the the Raiders is acceptable, but the Rams. I mean, come on, this has been a few years now. I should know that. So the Los Angeles Rams are going to the Arizona Cardinals. In a very, actually a very intriguing matchup. Kyler Murray, I believe, is going to play. There's some questions there, but he, I think he's back at practice, so he's he should be ready. I don't know what to think of these Rams. These Rams annoy me because I want to be on the train. I want to be on the Rams train, and then, you know, I mean, he, like here, he, 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 like here's my Rams timeline. So we go back to hold on. I, I gotta go back a few weeks here. Where am I here? Uh okay so we so they beat uh, beat the Seahawks week ten, where am I starting here? That was their bye week okay. I'm getting there. Hold on, 
Okay, so we week seven. We're going back to week seven now. Week seven, they kicked the shit out of Chicago on Monday night. They look impeccable in that game. Defense looks incredible. Uh, offense was clicking. They handled Khalil Mack. Beautiful. Then they go to Miami in Tua's debut when they lose by 11. So now I'm like, okay, what now? Then they got a bye week. All right, that's fine. Then week 10, what they, what they do week 10? Then they, week 10, they beat the Seahawks in a close game. They pulled that one out, 23-16. to 16. Well, coming off a bye. Coming off, okay, exactly. Then they go beat the Buccaneers, 27-24, and now I'm like, okay, here, all right, Rams, here we go. Then they lose to the Nick Mullins-led San Francisco 49ers on a game-winning field goal. So I don't know what to think with these Rams. Fuck them. I'm taking the Cardinals. Um, yeah, these these NFC West teams are, are also, it's, they're hard to predict in the same way that the NFC East is hard to predict. Except all these teams are good. It's completely opposite, right. It's just all these teams are so good. I just don't know who gains the edge on that game. You're night. exactly right. Uh, but it's it's the other way around. In the NFC East, it's like these division matchups. I'm like, who's going to not suck tonight? Um, you know, anyway. Um, I'm going to take... I'm going to take L.A. And here's why. I think that if there's going to be any corner to shut down DeAndre Hopkins, it's Jalen Ramsey. And I think if there's any, you know, corner who's going to handle uh, number two like Christian Kirk, it's going to be Darius Williams. And they just have the personnel. Um, you know, Aaron Donald is going to create a lot of interior pressure, which is going to make Kyler Murray uncomfortable, I think. Um Especially with Kyler being a shorter quarterback, you know, pressure in his face really, really affects him. Uh, so it's just going to be, I think, how well the the Niners, or excuse me, the Rams defense can can contain Kyler Murray in the pocket. I think that's going to be a huge key to this one. I think they do it. I think they have a good performance. Um, so I'm going to count on the Rams to bounce back a little bit here and uh, take this one against Arizona. I agree with everything that you just said, but look at what happened last week. You know, Rams were up, and they and the, here's the thing with the Rams. They let teams hang around. They get up, and they're playing really well, and they just don't step on the throat. And they, and they, and, and they, and they don't put teams away. They let teams hang around and fight back, and, you know, you, you get exactly what happened last week with, with the Niners. And I see the same thing happening this week. You know, Kyler Murray is not going to quit. You know that that he, he there's no way he's going to give up with that offense. Um, I do agree with you um, that Jalen Ramsey is probably one of the only corners that could shut down DeAndre Hopkins. I definitely envision yeah, some. Uh, that's, that, there's some bad blood there because right. I, I was just going to say I definitely envision some uh, some unsportsmanlike conduct flags flying. I mean, even going back to when Ramsey was on the Jaguars and. Hopkins was on the Texans. That was still a divisional matchup. Right. So they've basically been playing each other yeah. twice a year, steady their whole careers. And they don't like each other. Right. Um, even even going down exactly. to the fact that Jalen Ramsey went to Florida State and DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins went, to went to Clemson. Clemson, right. So they've always, always, always been rivals. Exactly. You do, do, do not like each other. Um, so this is going to be one you get your popcorn ready for. Yeah, I agree. But I... I, I I see the Rams getting out early, maybe getting up two scores, and then just just kind of settling back, 
Jared Goff goes quiet with the offense, um, and the Cardinals hang around and 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 pull this one out in the end. I'm 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 calling another Cardinals game-winning field goal in this one. Um, so I'm taking Arizona. And then if the Rams win, I'm gonna be all up on the Rams next week, and 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 then they're gonna lose. Yeah. And then they're gonna lose, and then and you know it's exactly all right. Two more games left here in this 4 o'clock window. The Eagles are going to the Packers. The Eagles suck. The Packers are pretty good. So I'm going to take the Packers and just move on. I'm going to take the Packers too. Um, I don't think... Carson Wentz sucks. Carson Wentz... uh, He's not... I don't know what it is with him. He's a bad quarterback. He's... But, I mean, three years ago he was an MVP candidate. And he was the front runner until he tore his ACL. Well, I don't know what happened. Yes, he tore his ACL, but still. He tore his ACL, but his his mechanics look bad. He's overstepping. Um, you know, his he's just he's just been super super inaccurate. Also, the Eagles have seemed to completely abandon the run game. Miles Sanders last game had six carries, which they were pretty close with the Seahawks the entire game. There was no reason that Miles Sanders should have had six carries. He is the most dynamic playmaker on this offense. And I think that um, Doug Peterson is grossly failing to get the ball in his hands. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the play calling either. Uh, You need to be getting the ball to like either Miles Sanders. uh, You need to be getting the ball in Jalen Rager's hands to see what he can do. They've completely left him completely basically untested. Um, I think he's made one big play all year pretty early in the season. It's like a 50-yard bomb he caught. Um, he hasn't really, I don't think, done much since. Um, so they need to get him more reps. Um, Fulgham's been down lately. You know, they haven't really been getting him the ball. It's like, I, I don't know where all the touches are going in this offense. Like, it, it feels like... You know, somebody should be scoring points, but no one's really, really producing. It's a very good point. And I feel like that's been a, a common theme with this Eagles offense in recent seasons. And part of that is because they always seem to have a ton of injuries on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, it, it always seems like there's this, there's this absolutely random wide receiver or running back that, you know, suddenly you know, goes off for a couple weeks. I mean, look at guys like Boston Scott or last week or last year it was like it was um, – or Sega Whiteside, or, you know, it's it, it's just these, like, incredibly no-name receivers. And this year, you know, like Travis Fulgham, you know, he came out of nowhere. Um, was on I, a couple practice squads. I don't even know if he suited up for a game before it was in the Exactly. Year. So I, I feel like it's a, it, it's a common thing with this Eagles offense that, you know, you don't, or, you know, there's there's guys there that, that, that are there to be the playmakers, and they just don't get the ball. And, yeah, it's really strange. Yeah. You see that with a lot of guys who come off the street. Um, like I remember C.J. Anderson with the Rams the year they went to the Super Bowl. Just he just kind of came off the street and he just balled out. And uh, I, I don't know where, what what they put in the water with these guys when they're quote unquote you know on the street. What what, what the hell do they put in the water? Because these guys come back at like age thirty two, and they're they play <coughs> out of their fucking minds. It's crazy. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, but. Um... No matter what way you spin it, um, I think the Packers are going to win this game by a lot of points um, in Lambeau, too. All right, last game here, 4 o'clock window. Uh, This is an interesting game. So we got the New England Patriots are going across the country 
to the Los Angeles Chargers. I didn't get I I didn't say San Diego. I said Los Angeles. So point for me. Anyway, um, one and two this week. Is um, that what it is? Yeah. Um. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, Patriots going to the Chargers. You know, I as much as I like to say I don't like you know when East Coast teams have to go west and vice versa. This is a situation. This, this is a very good game. I know the records don't necessarily indicate that, but um, I don't. The Patriots just beat the Cardinals, so... Right, no, exactly. And, you know, it's always exciting to get to watch Justin Herbert play with the, with that Chargers offense. Um, and and Gil- Gilmore versus Keenan Allen will be fun. Uh, exactly. Um, I'm, big, I'm big into the into the shadow matchups. So. Oh, oh, I know you are. Very much so. Um, this is a game, though, for me. I don't see Bill Belichick letting Justin Herbert uh, do Justin Herbert things on a Bill Belichick defense. I feel like Belichick's been doing this too long um, to not to let a rookie quarterback, you know, shred his D and do what he does. So I'm going to take New England. Um, I think this is going to be close. Um, but I, but like I said, I, I think Belichick is going to have a game plan for him going in. And But the X factor is, of course, the Patriots' offense. Because we've seen them play very well, and we've seen them be very sloppy. And we've seen Cam Newton be very sloppy at times this season. So if they're able to, you know, you know, have a nice pace, get some points on the board, um, I think the Patriots defense is gonna find their ways to keep Justin Herbert in check. So I'm gonna take New England. Yeah, I see I see this going the other way. I'm gonna take the Chargers. Um, okay. I, I think Austin Eckler is really, really gonna be an X factor in this one. You know, his second week coming back off injury. Um, you know, the the Patriots, they always like to throw to the running backs, and there's just something about this game that I think a running back's going to go off on the Patriots. I think it's Austin Eckler. Um, he's, I just think, in for a big day. Um, you, these players coming off IR late in the season, they just tend to be, they just tend tend to, you know, have fresh legs and um, really attack it at, at full pace. Uh, closing down on the on the kind of home stretch of the season, um, so I'm going to take the Chargers um, plus uh, Joey Bosa is just completely out of his mind right now. Um, he's on a tear. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers. All right, so we go head to head. Their last game in the four o'clock window Sunday night. We have the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. Do we know who's playing quarterback for the Broncos? Drew Lock is back. Okay, he's back. Uh, if 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 you didn't hear about last week, um, Jeff Driscoll, who's the Broncos' backup, tested positive, and because the other Broncos quarterback, which included Drew Locke, um, were not wearing their masks around Jeff Driscoll, they were all deemed close contacts, and they were all ruled out for the game. So the Broncos were helmed by... I don't Kendall even... Hinton. Say that Say that again. Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton, who was a quarterback for like two games or something at Wake Forest, he's a wide receiver by heart, um, and he played wide receiver, yeah. Right, and 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 he played how I would expect a dominant wide or a you know a a, a wide receiver to play quarterback in an NFL game for the first yeah, time on it's, Sunday. It's like in Madden when all your quarterbacks get hurt, and right? Your, punter, your punters ends up taking exactly exactly. Um, yeah, it was not pretty. It didn't help that they were playing the Saints. 
Um, but I really didn't. I really think it made. It, I really wouldn't think it made it. It would have made a difference who they played. Um, Drew Locke is back. That's great, but I don't see the Chiefs losing this football game. Yeah, you know, mate. Early in the season, I was definitely excited for this matchup, Broncos Chiefs. But you you see a lot of the the main elements of of this game are, are on the sidelines right now. When you got, um, especially looking at Cortland Sutton and. Von Miller um, out for the Broncos. Those losses definitely hurt. Um, I don't know if there's going to be an adjustment period for Drew Locke coming back, but I know there's going to be no adjustment period in this game for Pat Mahomes. So, right, I'm exactly. I mean, that much chance the Broncos have of stepping yeah. in the way here. Yeah, that 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 offense for Kansas City is just it's just unbelievable. It's an unstoppable force. Um, the, defense, the defense has it, been trending downwards a little bit lately. It has, but they started very, very hot. I believe in their first, and I believe I think in their first four games they had about twelve sacks, and they've had like about the same amount since. So um, they've been a little bit inconsistent, especially with their pass rush lately. Um, but I don't see that. Be- becoming a factor in the Broncos game. The Broncos definitely can't score with the Chiefs. Um, this this isn't a much of a contest, I don't think. Yeah, um, totally agree. So we're rolling with the Chiefs there. Monday night, we got a doubleheader. Uh, so starting with the 5 o'clock Monday night game, we have the Washington football team and the 11-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think this requires much conversation. Um, we will not speak of Washington's last performance on Thanksgiving. We will not. It, it, yeah, whatever. We will, whatever. But we will not discuss it. Um, Steelers are undefeated. They're going to win this game. It's at home. Uh, Steelers all day. They did. They, they, they did just lose Bud Dupree, which is a big loss for that defense. But I don't think you know in future matchups with you know. In, in, in bigger matchups, that might be a, a big factor. Be a factor there, um, not against Alex Smith. Exactly. No offense to Alex Smith. He's a comeback player of the year, no doubt. But, you know, definitely the Steelers all the way. Now, the second Monday night game gets a little more interesting because we have the Buffalo Bills going across the country to the San Francisco 49ers, who, of course, coming off that big win against the Rams. Um, Nick Mullins, man, he... You can't go. You, you can't count him out. No, he's uh he's an underdog. He he thrives off of it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, he remind he 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 has a little bit of Nick Foles to him, to where when the moment comes that there's no expectations, he just he just throws. right. He shines. Exactly. Um, that's kind of you know that's kind of what he's normally stepped into. You know. Because you know when when Jimmy when Jimmy G's gotten hurt both times now, you know the expectations for the Niners have have fallen and he's kept them competitive. So actually win some games. Yeah. Right, he's winning games. You know he, he, they pulled the one out last week against uh, Los Angeles. So good things from Nick Mullins. I don't think Nick Mullins is gonna. Although they they are starting to get like Kendrick Bourne back. They're starting to get Raheem Moses. Debo Samuel's back Rick and playing at a very high Rick. level. Brandon Ayuk. So you know this is this is a team that you got to respect them. You got you know this isn't a trash San Francisco team right Not now. Not one bit. That the entire you know roster is on the the IR anymore. You know 
know, these are these guys are healthier. Um, still not 100%, obviously, without Jimmy G and, you know, some more guys that are pretty important to them. But I still don't think they're enough to overcome Buffalo. Um, Josh Allen, obviously, you know, an MVP candidate, to, you know, at least this year. Um, can't say enough about how much he's improved. Um, and how well the Bills' defense is playing, too. Ed Oliver's really coming come around year two. Tredavious White's continue to look like one of the best corners in the league. Um, so they've got, they've got you know, the, the Bills are pretty much firing on all cylinders right now. So, um, you know, they, they survived that wild, wild game against uh, the Chargers last week. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Bills in this one. Um, even on the road, um, I, th- I just think they've been really strong this year, and they're not going to drop this one. Yeah, um, I'm I'm going with Buffalo as well. They're red hot. Um, there really isn't a quarterback wide receiver combo in the league right now that's you know hotter than Allen to Stephon Diggs. Um, yeah. So I, I I I like the Bills. I like the Bills in this one, um, but I think it'll be close. Um, I. I I think Nick Mullins does enough to you know keep him in the ball game till the last couple minutes, um, but I'm taking the Bills um, to wrap up. Actually, it doesn't wrap up the week because we have a game on Tuesday, and the game on Tuesday features the Dallas Cowboys and the Baltimore Ravens. This was, of course, a result of the scheduling conflicts. The Ravens had the big COVID outbreak, um, so they were supposed to play the Steelers on. When was it? They were, supposed to, they, were supposed to, they, were, they were supposed to play last week. Which right, they were did. supposed to play on Thanksgiving. The, I think they just pushed the games back this week to give them extra rest. Right, yeah. So they were supposed to play the Steelers on Thanksgiving as the night game. Mm-hmm. That got moved to Sunday. Which I don't know why the league didn't flex the Houston game and the uh, Washington versus Dallas game both back once the Steelers-Ravens game was canceled. Did you really want to watch that Cowboys game in prime time? Oh, watching the Cowboys get slapped. Did you in prime really? Because because like, I didn't want to watch that in prime time. Christmas this year, it, would, it just would have. I I didn't want to watch that in prime time. <laughs> that that would. No, been... good job, Goodell. Keep the game where it was. That that was that was fine. That was perfectly fine. It's good where it is. We're not we're not going to touch it. Moving on. Okay. So anyway. So the Thanksgiving game got pushed to Sunday, which then got pushed to Monday, which then got pushed to Wednesday, which was played yesterday. The Cowboys were supposed to play the Ravens tonight. Like, the the Cowboys and the Ravens were supposed to be the Thursday night game this week. So that got moved now to Tuesday. It would have been another shit show of a Thursday night game. Um, Who knows? Um, All it did was give the Cowboys a couple extra days of practice. Doesn't matter because they're going to get their dicks kicked in. Yeah, um, in Baltimore, I mean, they're not a good football team. Baltimore's a team that people are over hating on now. I mean, they came into the year I thought really overrated. Um, now they're underrated. They're sitting at uh, what's their record these six days? and five, six and six and five. Yep, six and five. You know, lo- five they lost yesterday, but you know, chalk that up to just the absolute madness that's been going on in that organization. I mean, you, you, I mean, and and playing the eleven and zero. Right, team. exactly, and yes, yeah, so and you're playing yeah, an undefeated team. All, all the odds are stacked against them in that one. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a team that's still, you know, come, come January, I mean, some some 
poor, you know, three seed in the AFC is going to run into them and, and be like, well, fuck, you know, we didn't get that by, and that's really hurting now. We have to play the Raiders. Exactly. Um, I want to say a word about my Cowboys because you and I were texting on Sunday or texting on Thanksgiving, you know, after that abomination, and and, and I want to clarify something. Okay, the the Cowboys suck. And I am fully aware of that fact. They're not a good team. Just when I thought they were going to get a little bit of momentum going after they beat the Vikings in Minnesota, they pissed it all away. They're not good. I fully understand that. They're 3-8. and eight. And yes, I am, you know, I, I guess I'm using this as my official way to write them off for the season. But the thing is, they play in the NFC East, and the NFC East sucks. And the fact of the matter is they went into that game on Thursday against the, the football team with a chance to play for first place. Now, I understand that they're a bad team, but if any of my teams is ever in a situation to compete for anything, whether it's first place, a playoff spot, whatever it is, I'm going to root for them. I'm, I'm not going to write them off. Now, I, I'm, I'm so fired up, I'm knocking my microphone over. Now, I understand that this team is horrible. You don't have to tell me that. I've watched every game. They suck. Like, they're bad. It's just... It's you getting your hopes up every week. No, 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 no. It it, it, it hurts. It hurts me. But it's not necessarily getting my hopes up. It's just me having a general rooting interest in the game, which is gone now. I don't have that anymore. But (laughs) it's now, it's now, it's just going into the game saying, hey, man, maybe we pull this one out. Maybe we're four and seven and and tie for first place. It's not, it's not me saying, hey, we win this game, we're going to go all the way. No, it's not that. It's just me saying, all right, I am going to force myself to sit down and watch this game and see what happens. But but it sounded, but that's gone now. It sounded it's, to me like you had some sort of expectation. Well, and, 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 and that is strictly because the division that both our teams play in is a dumpster fire. It and, is a dumpster fire, but the, you have to realize that the Cowboys are the hottest dumpster fire. And I and, and I realize that. I Maybe do. worse than Detroit. Like, I, do, it, I realize all this. I realize all of this. So I'm using this as my official statement that I'm writing this season off. I'm taking the Ravens. That, so wait, wait, the, the official, that wasn't when you... They lost to the the Washington football team the last time. I was going to say, which like, time? Because we lost to them twice. Yeah. Both by yeah, big so, scores. Yeah, so, so, the first, so the first time when they lost to Washington... No, because like then you know what happened? We went out and we beat the Vikings. Again. And then I was like, holy crap. They finally figured... You know, Dalton Dalton had that offense running like it was 1994. I mean, it, it, was, all, it, was, it, was, it was fun to watch. I was excited. And then, and then, and then here we go. Speaking of which, uh, speaking of, did you hear what Jerry Jones said, and how he just kind of ended Ben DiNucci's life? Um, no, he said. So like every, I want to say it's like every Tuesday or Wednesday, Jerry Jones goes on this radio show in in Dallas to talk about the Cowboys, and they asked him about the Broncos having to play with Kendall Hinton as their quarterback, you know, a guy that's a wide receiver, and he basically said. Well, that was no different than when we had to play with Ben DiNucci against Philly. Yeah, I mean, you, what the fuck, dude? Like, you draft the kid in the <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my God. James, out of powerhouse James Madison division. Right, exactly. Division, division, yeah, D2 you know, powerhouse. I mean, and you're going to, 
you're gonna be like, oh, so this kid wasn't ready to start for the Dallas Cowboys? Like you think? Uh, like he's a seventh seventh round rookie from a D two school? Are you kidding me, Jerry? Right? Yeah. He, yeah. Exactly. He's pissed off because the seventh round pick from a division from a Division two school starting his first game in prime time wasn't Troy Aikman. Yeah. I, um, get over yourself, Jerry. It, it, it was. It was just like everyone on Twitter was like, oh my god, that's that's brutal. Um, so anyway, yeah, they suck. Moving on, whatever. Um, that's pretty much my motto now is just they suck. Moving on, whatever. So <laughs> and that wraps up the picks. And that wraps up our and picks. That wraps up our picks. Hey, they play on Tuesday, and and we go in chronological order. So yeah, we ended we ended on a shitty note, but we're not done yet. We have more to get into. So that means that means your NFL week can end on a shitty note, and that just it normally does anyway. <laughs> so it's fine. I'm used to it. Anyway, moving on now to another sport. Let's just get the hell out of the NFL. And go He's over, tired, and let's go over to the NBA. One piece of news we have to get into was a recent trade that was made, um, and it involves the Houston Rockets. So the Rockets traded Russell Westbrook to the Wizards for John Wall and a first-round pick, right? That was it, right? I'll let you start here, Ethan, but I'll just give my, my, my brief thoughts. I like it for Houston not really a fan of it if I'm Washington. Completely agree. Um, just these two players are so, 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 so similar. Um, they're both getting paid an exorbitant amount of money. Um, there's not that much of a difference between them. So if you're Washington going out and giving a first-round pick to give Wall and get Ricebrook, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, they, they're not that different. I mean, they both kind of excel at slashing, playmaking, running the floor, a, you know, a lot of the same stuff, kind of the same, you know, a lot of overlap. I think when they were traded, one of my favorite replies to, to the, the original Woj tweet was like just the, the picture of the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. Um, they're, they're pretty much, they're essentially the same. Um, so I, I, I don't see the point of, of you know, swapping them and also giving a pick if you're if you're Washington. Um, I, I think it boils down to that. Yeah, and first, for, you know, from a Wizards standpoint, you know, this is a team that hasn't competed in a while. Obviously, you know, they've been hobbled with, with injuries um, and John Wall being out. But this is a team that really doesn't sort of have a sense of direction right now like they don't really have a lot of pieces to build around i know like bradley beal has expressed his interest to get the hell out of there um, i don't know if that changes now because westbrook is there but for two things you know you're, you're here's a, a washington team that's you know looking to maybe start the rebuilding process and now you're going to take on the westbrook contract yeah and that, that you know that just absolutely crushes your any chance of going out and signing some players that can help you right away. And then you give up the first round pick and there goes your chance of getting young talent. It, it all just went downhill for Washington when they didn't get KD. That is that, that ended very the- true. No, you're very right. And then, you know, from a actual on the floor standpoint, now I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with Bradley Beal. Um, but if, if he does stay in Washington, I think having a guy like Westbrook is the last thing he needs. 
having another guy that's going to take the ball away from him. Um, and you know, yeah, this, this feels like a recipe where Bradley they don't win a lot of games, and Bradley, Bradley feels very unhappy. Very right, good. just exactly you know demands a trade yeah. um, and gets out of there. So I, I really don't like this for Washington. I really don't understand it. Um, I, I I mean, if if they think that Russell Westbrook is going to be that one piece that takes them all the way to the you know takes them back to competing, I think they got another thing coming. Yeah, and uh, on Houston's end too, I don't, I don't see the the great logic, and I, I get that you're acquiring the first round pick. Yeah, the pick helps. They're also, dealing Russell Westbrook for a John Wall coming off a major injury. Um, yeah, that I I definitely don't see. Years. It's it's just it just doesn't seem like the right type of move. Uh, I, if I was either of those teams, I'd be trying to sell to like a, a team like like the Knicks or maybe like like the Nuggets. Who are gonna like give up assets because they want to be more relevant right now? Swapping them for each other feels like it accomplishes nothing. Right. I, I think it definitely would have been smart on the Rockets' part to try and offer him up to a team that isn't focused on the future at the moment. Because I feel like you still could have gotten a decent haul in terms of draft assets. I mean, what did we say? What did we say the last time? Look at what Drew Holiday got. I mean, how many how many Drew Holidays is Russell Westbrook worth? Right? Exactly. Like, do the math. I I mean, I think he could get a pretty substantial haul. But going back to John Wall, um, I think in terms of James Harden. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with James Harden. I know he still wants to be traded. I think, and I know Brooklyn's on the on the top of the list. That's another story for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your shirt away. Um, I think if if Harden is to stay in Houston and play with John Wall, I think I like it a little better for him because, yes, John Wall is very similar to Russell Westbrook, but I don't think John Wall is as much of a like a ball-dominant point guard. Look, I think Definitely not. And, yeah. and a better defender as well. <clears throat> exactly. I, mean, I think he'll get a better fit. But it, it's just not enough of us. But it, it right, it, it's not it's not a drastic difference from Russell Westbrook that's really gonna make anything like too noticeable. But I do think it'll he'll he I, I think he'll play he'd play a little better with James Harden because he'd be more Honest, willing. Yeah, yeah I, I think they had it right with the Chris Paul and James Harden duo. I, I honestly don't know why they blew that up. You know, it's funny. I I saw a tweet about literally about that the same thing. You know, the the Rockets had you know chris paul and they had a ton of picks at their disposal on the verge of of what they're i mean they had two straight you know conference finals that came down to wire you know and yeah and you go back and you know the the one the one western conference final you know you watch that game seven there's a lot of questionable decisions made on on, in terms of the refing side you know a lot of conspiracy people will will say that it was rigged but it was it was a it was was a tough game to lose so they were right there all got hurt right and they turned all that into john wall and one first round pick um so yeah i'm not really a fan i'm not really that fan of that trade at all but it'll be well first of all it's gonna be interesting to see what the wizards do if they do do something with bradley beal or not and the same thing with james harden um but it not not a deal i would have made if i was either side but I still think Bradley Beal would be a fantastic fit in New Orleans. I just, I, I think, I think anywhere he went, he'd be an instant help. 
I mean, yeah, he's just a he's a fantastic player. He's a great player. He, has he, not he gotten any recognition because he's been stuck in Washington. Yeah, right. That's so, exactly why he's just been right. stuck in. He's Washington. He's a lights out shooter. Bad team. Yeah. Right. Um. I. I. Yeah. I. I. I think he can help anybody out I, if everyone needs wings at all times. Right. You know, exactly. He's one of the best there is. So. All right. So last thing, I forgot to bring this up while we're doing the NFL, but last thing. We got. I want to get into here is the Monday night game Seahawks Eagles, and we talk about spreads and stuff. So going in, heartbreaking. That was horrible. Right now, so for those of you that don't know what we're referencing, the Seattle Seahawks were six and a half point favorites against the Eagles going in to Monday night. They were up. Um, they 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 were up by more way more than six and a half. They were up twelve. They were up 14. They are up two touchdowns with like a minute left. Philly's coming down the field, you know, garbage time, and they score a touchdown. So now they're down by eight. Now there's, at this point, there's three, like, there's three seconds left in the game. So there's, you know, there's no way that Philadelphia's going to win the game. Um, Philadelphia decides to go for two and get it, making it a six-point win. Of course, they're six and a half, so the Eagles cover Anyone that bet, right, anybody that bet Seattle loses. One guy wrote a letter to Goodell uh, complaining about it. My question is this, and yes, this is going to be really far-fetched, but it's something that when you think about it, 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 it's like, you know, you can't not think about it. Do we think that somebody from Vegas was in contact with Doug Peterson that night? I find it hard to believe. Was this a fix? Was this game fixed? <laughs> I don't think so. I I was scratching my head why the the Eagles would go for right and 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 that situation. But but Doug Peterson's a whack job, you know. Doug he Peterson is. does what Doug Peterson does. He goes for like every fucking fourth down. You know, yeah. he's the dude. No, who you're right about pass, that. You know, a, a running back end around pass to his quarterback in the Super in the Super Bowl. Bowl. No, you're, you're right. A quarterback. You know, this is Doug Peterson we're talking about. I don't know what goes through that guy's fucking head. You know, it, you know, half no, I, his brain oxygen is like constricted by that Pfizer. His hair is dying to his skin. Yep. No. Very true. No, you're 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 right, and it's just you know, it, it it's just like you said. Just thinking about like why go for two, and just thinking about the impact of that two point conversion on the point spread. Yes, it's probably just coincidence, but your mind wanders sometimes. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't buy into the conspiracy here. I, I you know, maybe it's true. I, you know, but well, I'll tell you this: if in three years we find out that the game was fixed, everybody better replay the end of this podcast because I called it. Called it, yeah. Because, <laughs> because I, because I po- I posed the question that there's a potential. A potential still, fix. I mean, they still didn't fix the game. I mean, it was still a you know a handed win by Seattle. So, I mean, ultimately, right. what did it really affect? Um, but anyway, yeah. So that that's what happens when I let my mind race a little bit. I I come up with conspiracies about the NFL being. Michael fixed. just had Eagles plus six and a half. He's just um, <laughs> no, believe me, knowing my luck, I would have had the Seahawks. But anyway, that's not important. Um, I, I, I think that's all we got. 
I think I, I think that's all we got. So AD AD resigned. Oh yeah, AD resigned. I wasn't really surprised by that. I know, not a surprise. Yeah. Five years, one hundred ninety-five, million, ninety million max extension. Yeah, and that's and a surprise to absolutely no. Yeah, I, I think I, LeBron got extended too. LeBron though, right? got a two. He got a two-year max, like two years. So so he's. I think he's on until twenty twenty-three. I think that's the the bottom line of things that LeBron's a Laker now until 2020. Right. Um, so yeah, good for the Lakers there to get those guys back. Yeah. Um, and with that, that's going to wrap up this episode. So there you have it. Got, a, got your week 13 picks, got some NBA stuff and a possible conspiracy theory about the NFL being fixed. So with that being said, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, we will be back next week, of course, with week 14. We'll talk about some week 13 games. Um, and if the Cowboys beat the Ravens, I will, of course, be ecstatic and right back on the bandwagon. So well, I'll be ready to laugh at you when so, they get blown up next time, too. Well, I'll probably be I'll probably be laughing with you. So well, you'll be um, la- you'll be laughing at me for the Giants' embarrassing performance in Seattle without the ah, order. Yeah. Uh, if yeah, if it, it happened with if, if it happened with Daniel Jones, maybe, but no Daniel Jones. I'm I'm really not going to give you shit for that. Um. So anyway, I mean, you could have been using that all season because the Cowboys haven't had their quarterback either, and I still right, right. So it, anyway, en- enough about them. I'm sick of them. Enough about them. <laughs> all right. So with all that being said, be on the lookout next week uh, for the new episode. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter. We're at the Sports Forum, and then the number one. That's at the Sports Forum, and the number one. And on behalf of my good friend and co-host, Mr. Ethan Looper, my name is Michael Murray, and this has been the Sports Forum.